and welcome to the More with Nikki Dutton podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, I hope it is a good day. And I'm excited that you're here because this is the final episode in season two of the More with Nikki Dutton podcast, which is so exciting. I'm thrilled that we've made it this far and I'm so excited for what season three is going to hold. And I couldn't have thought of a better conversation to round out this season with. Today's guest is Lori Apon. She and I became connected, as you'll hear, when I attended university with a couple of her kids. And now one of my dearest friends is married to her daughter, Christiana. And so there's a lot of overlap in our life. And I knew her story a bit from her kids and just from proximity to her. But today was the first time that I got to sit down and really hear what happened and I will tell you that this conversation does involve us discussing loss, and it does involve us talking about her experience of becoming a widow, raising children without their dad, and it can be heavy. However, what I can also tell you is that you will be very well cared for in this conversation by Lori. Uh, She carries so much peace and hope and honesty in a way that is very safe. So just wanted to put that out there. And if this is something that resonates with you, if there's something that Lori shares and you want to know more, there are a couple ways that you can find more from her. So one is her podcast, Help, I Am Raising Fatherless Kids. And you can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts, especially where you're playing this one right now. She also has a ministry called Perspective Ministries that we talk a little bit about in this conversation. So you can go find them by clicking the link in the episode notes below. But like I said, I just think wherever you're at, if you're in your own season of loss, if you're navigating grief alongside a friend or family member, or if you're just looking to hear hope from a woman who has leaned into what God had for her, I think you're going to really, really enjoy this conversation. So without any more delay, I would love for us to jump in to today's conversation with Lori Apon. All right. Well, I do have someone really important on the podcast today. This is a conversation I have personally been looking forward to for a few weeks now. And her name is Lori Apon. So hi, Lori. How are you? Hey, Nikki. So good to be with you today. (laughs) It's so good to have you. And for those who are listening who don't know who you are yet, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what this current season of life looks like? That's a big question. We'll just start with what my current season looks like. I, um, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, mother of eight, um, 15, counting the spouses. Wow. <laughs> grandmother of 15 and only three children, producing children at the moment. And I am an empty nest. And so that's a whole new experience, learning curve. And I'm uh, in a season of a lot of new growth physically with my family growing and it's never too late till you get to this place in life to, um, there's a lot of lessons to learn mm-hmm. in life and relationships and with the ministry God's called me to. Right. Well, and you're here in Georgia as well. Is that correct? Georgia's home for you? It is. Yes. Okay. How long has Georgia been home for you? Since 1986. So I've okay. been here a long time. I love Georgia. 
Oh, I do too. My husband and I have moved away for a few years and we just came back. And so we're back in our hometown and That's are just wonderful. absolutely happy to be back, happy to be back in the state for sure. Yes. And you did mention you have eight children and you said 15, including the spouses. Yes. Yeah. That's Fizzle. a lot. <laughs> well, 15 adult children. So ask any, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any mom gets to this point, there's a lot of learning curves. There's a lot. It's amazing. I'm so blessed. Yes. Well, and it's really fun because the way that you and I became connected is I went to school at Liberty University mm-hmm. and a few of your kids, at least that I know of, were there and they we shared a season there. Our times overlapped. And so Christiana was there when I was an RA at Liberty. Mm-hmm. And then Isaac was also there when I was at Liberty. And what's really, really fun is that one of my close friends kind of all throughout college just became one of those 15 adult children for you. So he just married Christiana. And I think it was a gorgeous day. Of, I mean, he stayed the night at our house um, right before he was going to propose to her and was just like over the moon. Oh, so excited. Oh, <laughs> yes. I believe I heard that God let you have a hand in and being a part of their love story, which is amazing. So yeah. Thank you. Thank I'm, you. Ha- I'm happy. I mean, for Weston, she's been his dream girl for years. I can attest to that for sure. That even when we were at Liberty, he just thought the world of her. So it's really fun to see that their yeah. lives have come back together. And now that they're husband and wife, they've been married now for a couple months. A couple of months. Right? And I tell them often, all my newlyweds have been happily um they're happy in that season, but I don't think I've ever seen happier newlyweds mm-hmm. than Christiana and Weston. It's just so yeah. amazing to watch and so happy. I mean, they are in love, deeply Absolutely. in love. Absolutely. <laughs> and they, but they both went through some really dark valleys. And so mm-hmm. it's neat to see the bright light on the other side of their waiting season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't be more excited for him. I told Mm -hmm. him that um, I was in Colorado recently and our times just missed each other, but I can't wait to get dinner with them soon and just hear how everything's going and kind of what their hopes are for what's next and all of those good things. So yeah, that's kind of a fun way that we've been connected is through Christiana and through Isaac a little bit. Um, And I know you said that as a mom, when you've gone gone through that, raising that many children and adding, you know, their spouses into the picture, you have learned a lot of life lessons. So, I mean, this is a huge question. This would be a whole podcast series in itself, but Mm -hmm. what would be some advice that you would share with any moms that are listening that find themselves in different seasons? Well, Nikki, I am um, in the season of kind of been there, done that, only saying that it's my greatest joy to be a mom and part of my greatest joy now is to mentor moms to come back that Titus two relationship and to encourage moms because it is one of the hardest jobs that God gives to women. I am very old school. So what I would say um, an encouragement to moms today would be to stay in the saddle and to stay the course because there's so many distractions, so many for our kids and for moms. And so life is, it was said to me early on by a mentor that life is made up of routine. And we don't like that, especially when we have, you know, we want the next fun thing. We want the next, but that's Satan's tool to distract us from the main thing. And that's raising our children. So 
you asked me to speak to moms. So moms are raising children and that involves death. It's death to ourselves. Um, it's, it's doing that mundane where only God sees and moms in the early years do not like this. I didn't like this when it was said to me, but the um, days are long and the years do go by fast, but it really is a chapter in your life. It's a short season in your life that you can't get back. And um, you are molding children. You are nourishing and planting seeds in their lives that you only get one chance for this. And so um, my heart especially is for moms who are doing this um, without a husband mm -hmm. and they're, they've been left alone for the single mom just to encourage you that God will be faithful and um, he's good and he's kind and enjoy the season of raising your children. Maybe it wasn't even an expected season for you, but now God has entrusted you with a big responsibility and you do matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I know you mentioned this a little bit, but your heart is for moms who are raising children on their own. Mm -hmm. And I know that that was birthed out of a specific moment in your life where I imagine the plans that you had for your family and your future and just that image of what you thought that would look like changed. And I like that you said for Christiana and for Weston, you know, they are getting to come together on the other side of some hard seasons. Mm -hmm. And I know I've been through some really difficult seasons on my own, but would you mm -hmm. mind just sharing that story with us of what happened in your family and what kind of led to this heart and this ministry that you have now? Sure. Yes. Um, our plans are much different than God's all the time. And yet he takes, um, he wrote the story of our life in a book before time began. And that verse from Psalm 139 is so crucial to understand. But um, I, I got married. All I wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And I met my husband, Bobby Apon, at a new song concert. Crazy, I know, <laughs> but we fun. met at the record table. And it was one of those things. I went home and told my roommate, I met the man I'm going to marry. We married soon after that. We came to our wedding altar, both in bondage. I was in bondage to an eating disorder. He was in bondage to lust and pornography. And so, um, but we started our marriage, trusting God, and that included trusting him for our family size. And he took us up on it and he started sending blessings, sending children um, midway through when we just had Christiana. We had mm -hmm. four children under the age of four. My husband made a choice that cost him his ministry. So we went through a really dark season there. But we continued to trust God and God continued to bless us with children. Um, he gave us eight children in 10 years. And um, my husband got to a point where he was, ministry was being restored and he got back into ministry. And it was a specific night where he was leading worship. We were at church. I had all my children there with me and Psalm 68, 5 was quoted that night that says, I am a defender of the widow and a father to the fatherless. And I remember thinking that is so encouraging for all those women out there who don't have a husband, all those kids who don't have a father. 
not knowing that just 24 hours later that a policeman would knock on the door of my home to share the news that my husband had taken his own life. And Nikki, because God charted the next season of my life with his word, with that promise, the Holy Spirit gave me that as my script to tell my children that night. I went down to tell them that you have a new daddy because God promised to be a father to the fatherless. And of course, sharing the, that their dad had taken his life to the um to what they could handle. You know, I say we only put in the suitcase of our children's hearts what they can carry. So, of course, um, the basic was that their daddy was gone. And and so from day one, we started to look to God as father. And it's been 23 years later. But that is the anchor that we have held on to was the promises of God. And he has been faithful. He's been mm -hmm. good. Yeah, I mean, and your story resonates with me in a particular way. I had shared this when we were talking beforehand that I'm four years into the loss of my own dad. Mm -hmm. And it was um, similar in the way that it was a bit unexpected. I mean, he mm -hmm. had been sick and mm -hmm. had been battling a lot of things for a while. Um, but that phone call came at a time that was uh, very unexpected <laughs> and very mm -hmm. much a challenge. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I love that in your mission, and I was looking at your ministry, which is Perspective Ministry. And I was seeing that on your website, it says that your mission is meeting the practical, emotional, and spiritual needs of the widow and the fatherless, encouraging them to put their trust in God. And you just shared your story in such a profound way. But what does that look like on an everyday basis for your ministry to meet those needs, but also for anyone listening that's navigating loss? How do you put your trust in God on an everyday basis? And, you know, what does that look like? That is a good question. Well, first of all, too, once um, I realized I'm raising eight children without a dad, God's given me a mission. And I've talked to the young moms that your mission is to raise children. Mm -hmm. And then for you moms who are entrusted with the added responsibility of raising children without a dad, um, scripture tells us, 1 Timothy 5, 5 says, for her, for she who has been left alone has fixed her hope on God. That's your mission. Um, not even to find purpose in pain, because what if there is no purpose in the pain? Maybe, maybe the purpose is it's going to bring us to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a deeper way than we ever would have known with our husbands. Um, but Early on, the Lord made it clear my mission was to raise children. So I raised my children and then he called me. I had no idea Perspective Ministries was ever going to be a thing. I didn't even know what a nonprofit was. When he called me, he just said, I want you to give the next season of your life to encouraging widows and the fatherless to put their trust in God. And so what does that look like? It looks like holding on to God with everything. He, you're not going to understand what he's doing. You're not going to be able to make sense of it all. Um, it's walking through the valley of the shadow of death and just believing again, like I said earlier, that God is good, even when our perception of good differs 
how can this be good? God, you gave me eight children. I mean, often in the early days, I'm like, what were you even thinking? Like, (laughs) what? I trust you, but what were you thinking? Like, this doesn't make sense. And um, so for Perspective Ministries, with every note that we send, every time I take a widow out for lunch or coffee, every meeting, every hope gathering we have where we bring widows together to give widow to widow support, every resource we send out, the goal is to direct them to put their trust in God. And that you can, you can probably explain that yourself in your own stories. It's a, it's a learning process, you know, um, it's not always best to throw a baby out in the water and they're going to learn how to swim. Although I've seen some of my grandchildren (laughs) are being taught that way, but it's almost like unless you're put in a situation where all you can do is trust God, then we trust God and we just believe that he's going to be faithful. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have any tips? for those days that are tough. I know even in my own grief, you know, there are days where you feel like you're you're holding on to God and you're with him and then there are those tough days for your own from your own exam, um, from your own life and from the examples mm-hmm. in your own story. How did you find hope on the tough days? Yeah, I'm actually speaking to that soon on how do you prevent burnout for young moms? How do you, how do you stay in the saddle? How do you stay focused? It's, it's truly crying out to the Lord. It's experiencing a lament, you know, and lamenting is where we're honest with God. We can complain to God. Um, Complaining to God, I heard is described as worship. Complaining about God is rebellion. And so it's crying out to God in our pain. And and even if we're in an angry stage or if we're just really in a place of exhaustion, it's it's mindset. That's why the whole ministry is perspective ministry. It's where is your focus? Um, if our focus is on life isn't fair, God wasn't thinking. I had eight children. Um, this hurts. If, it, if the focus is more on the suffering then it's going to take us to a different place. If our focus is on, I have to eliminate everything in my life except for what's right in front of me because that's all I can carry right now. And trusting that God is true to his promise. He says his yoke is easy and the burden is light. And I remember challenging him on that, you know, that this isn't easy and this isn't light. But that was when the focus was on me and not on God. And so it's it really is minute by minute. It's a lonely road, Nikki. Um, suffering is lonely. And it gets lonelier when we desperately want someone to understand. And when we find that nobody, not even our closest friends, sometimes understand. So God will take us into that um place of solitude it may not be physical solitude especially when I had eight children but a place of solitude in our walk with the Lord where we just are with God alone and and even then sometimes he'll pull away and I don't see it as a negative but he will he will be he will 
he's silent sometimes in that. And it's just, um, I heard you recently talked about the importance of the word of God. That was food for me, the word of God. And I had a one-year Bible. I still love the one-year Bible Mm -hmm. just because it kept me um, on track. So I know for, for your listeners, maybe you think, yeah, but I'm in Leviticus today or I'm on, I'm in numbers. Like I'm going to just wait till I'm out of that in the one year Bible, but truly God's word is alive. And so I would just faithfully read whatever the passage was for the day. And then he would, um, use that to nourish my soul. I think that's a good a good reminder as well that we have a God who spans across timelines and across stories. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a God who is present in in a way in those silent moments and in those places where we think He's pulled away. I think about even the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. That's often mm-hmm. referred to as the four hundred years of silence, and yes. that didn't mean that God disappeared. It didn't mm-hmm. mean that He wasn't working. It didn't mean that all mm-hmm. the people who lived during that time didn't have access. Mm -hmm. to God, Mm -hmm. but that his voice looked different. And I think I do find encouragement. And this has been something I've appreciated more in the last few years. I find encouragement in the consistency and the constancy of God, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. though the reflections can look different depending on the day, the situation, a lot of different factors. There's Mm -hmm. something that is settling to my soul, knowing that God has been present through all of history, obviously before and after being being completely outside of time, but within our human context, the fact that he has been through every moment in our history and that the people who lived before us stood on God's promises and then we stand on their shoulders. It does bring me a lot of encouragement. And even still, like knowing that truth and knowing who God is to the best of my my ability today, I still have been in that same moment where a friend is going through loss. And maybe that is loss of a parent, of a relationship. Maybe sometimes it's it's just loss of self. They feel mm-hmm. lost in their own mm-hmm. life or with mm-hmm. mental illness. And it can still be so hard, even though I've been the one navigating the loss. Sometimes I still don't really know what to do or what to say when I'm sitting across from a friend or a loved one that is navigating their own grief. So what advice would you give us as we do sit across those tables and we have those hard conversations with people who really are in the thick of it? And like you said, they want to be understood Mm -hmm. and they want to be seen, but sometimes we feel limited in our ability to help. Well, one of the best things about Job's friends was the first seven days where they said nothing and they were just present. And so, again, we always feel like we have to say or do something. But just what stands out to me are the friends that just showed up and they were just there not saying anything. I had a mentor that often would say, pray, don't say. and. just listen and show empathy. So listen, listening, we let them know that we're listening by repeating back what we hear and then saying, is that correct? You must feel confused right now, or maybe you feel overwhelmed, or are you feeling angry? And and then give asking those questions that allow them to um, verbalize what 
they are trying to process themselves. And it is so hard, Nikki, especially when we love the Lord so much and he's been so faithful. It's so hard not to toss out that Bible verse and toss out that God's going to use it for good and all those things. In the beginning, they can't handle that. No matter how much they love the Lord, they they have to feel that loss and that pain. Um, I, I do encourage them in time. I'll say you're going to get across the valley, but it does take time. And I like the acrostic trusting in the mystery of eternity. Um, our presence reminds them that God is there, that he hasn't left them alone. But sometimes it's just best also to love from a distance. And that might be just being consistent and sending a card or sending a text. It may be just that icon with the bow wrapped around the heart. You know, you're not saying anything to them, but hey, I tell friends often, I'm just going to send a text touch. There's no expectation for you to respond back. It's just when the Lord brings you to mind, I'm just going to let you know, hey, I'm thinking of you today. Mm, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, because we can want to fill the silence. And Mm -hmm. in the midst of grief and loss, there is a lot of quiet. And sometimes when we rush in to say the right thing or to try to um, fix it, it's it's not something that can be fixed. It's not a it's not a problem to be workshopped. You know, it it's mm-hmm. it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really good reminder that it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be um something extravagant, it really can just be consistent and it can sometimes be quiet, but that can still give people the support that they're looking for. And I I know you said this earlier that you're working on something that you're going to be sharing soon. And I don't want you to give all of it away, but you mentioned burnout. And I mean, what would be a tip for burnout that you would even share with people who are listening, who maybe they feel like they're on the edge of burnout and they're not quite sure how to not tip over the edge of that water. Waterfall. You know, they're just fighting right there. I mean, what would be a tip for that for the people that are listening today? Nikki, I remember um, a few years in, I think, especially for moms um, or anyone in grief, anyone who's, you know, all of a sudden they're in a head on collision with something in life that they didn't see coming, they didn't expect. Or maybe they did. Maybe they cared for a loved one who was sick for a while, but all of a sudden they're gone. So now they're in the grief process. And most everyone um, feels sure they're going to be able to wrap it up sooner than later, put a nice bow on the box. Um, and so the adrenaline of grace, it's a, it is a God's grace to let us be numb and in that shock and denial stage a, The onlookers look at that as a negative or they'll go, wow, did you see her at the funeral? My goodness, look at her. She's doing so amazing. You wouldn't even know. And so you get these accolades and you kind of get the wrong type of report card um, because really what's happening is God is giving us this enabling to make it through the early days of a long process. Um, And then as and for moms, like, okay, I'm raising eight kids. I've got to focus on making it through this, you know, but then it realized, wait, I have eight kids making it through. This is going to be years in the journey. And I remember one day I woke up and feeling like it was scary. I can't do this. 
like, Lord, I'm at the end. Like, it's just me. I know your father and I know you're my husband, but it was a scary moment for me. Not like it, it was just feeling the weight of it all. And I did drop to my knees, Nikki. And I did say, Lord, you have got to help me right now. You like, you've got to. And, and so he did. And not that he does in a moment, something did shift and it doesn't always shift maybe that fast. I still had years to go, but something shifted. Um, I did hear, this was another thing that was um, an encouragement I kind of lived by was to divert daily, withdraw weekly and abandon annually. And so diverting daily for me was hiding in my bathroom. My, my doors are locked. Nobody can see mom until you hear my blow dryer. So even today I sit in my time with the Lord, I have a hair up in a towel because I'm desperate for time with the Lord. So, um, and then withdraw weekly. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. It's different for um, different moms, but maybe give yourself something to look forward to. Maybe it is time with a, a mentor or time with a prayer warrior, or maybe it is just um, something that you've planned with your children and then withdraw weekly. That became very important for me for a season where I would, um, I was, I'm really not about self-care. I'm not, I, I don't like that term, but there is something about um, understanding that we need to be refreshed. And so I would trade homes. My parents would come watch my children for a week and I would go away. And that's a scary thing for a lot of moms because they don't know who am I when I go away. I'm not a wife. I'm not a mom. Um, but just to go away and to, if all I did was sit and stare at the walls, I had that um, time where God could kind of give me that boost to to go out again. But I think mindset, our perspective is huge in preventing burnout. Um, I think yeah. that's really helpful. I think that those are some recommendations that you can really wrap your hands around. It feels tangible, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. when you're on that brink, when you're teetering on the edge of the waterfall of burnout, you need something mm -hmm. tangible. You need something specific. You need mm -hmm. something that you can mm -hmm. take action on. So I think that's really, really good advice. And I've, you've said this a few times in our conversation already that you love the word, that the mm -hmm. word of God is just something special to you. And I did just have a conversation on this podcast about mm -hmm. how I'm kind of stepping back into falling in love with the word of God. Not that I haven't been reading mm -hmm. and not that I haven't been studying, mm -hmm. but really mm -hmm. just falling in love with the word and being enamored by it and amazed by it and asking questions and wrestling with it. How does that work for you? What is your relationship with the Bible, with scripture like, and what are some ways that you interact with the word of God? For me, the one-year Bible is great, but I really need a study that I'm doing at the time. Some kind of guided Bible study, or I'm, um, I want to learn more about this in the Word. Right now, I'm, I'm going back to studying the covenant of God and the promise He made before the foundation of the world that um, He would send Jesus to pay the price for our sins. And so, um, I'm I'm doing that and I'm actually took a, a a kids 
study, Bible study book, Precept for Kids um, Mm -hmm. on Covenant, because I have to go back to the elementary um, level. So that's where he has me right now. But I flounder if I don't have um, something that's guiding me, a purpose in my study, you know. So so my, my time with the Lord starts with prayer. I do pray for every child. There's my in love children and each grandchildren <laughs> by name. And I pray over my day. And then I ask the Lord, as I open your word today, speak to me. Um, and then I do spend some time. This sounds might sound legalistic, but for me, it's really not. But I think often we come to the Lord and we're spilling out all of our prayers, but we're not listening to him. So I try to not every day, but just um, spend a few minutes where I have a pen and a paper and I'm like, I'm just listening. And I just sit in silence to listen. What is he saying to me from the word I just studied? So I love that. And I appreciate even that you're sharing how you use Bible studies to help guide that time. Cause I do believe that can cause frustration sometimes when we open this ancient text and we mm-hmm. just try to mm-hmm. flip, let the wind open the page, you know, and then try to mm-hmm. discern mm-hmm. understanding and, and maybe meaning from these bits and pieces that can really be discouraging because mm-hmm. you're, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said earlier, mm-hmm. your Bible flips open to Leviticus and you mm-hmm. are lost in what does this mean? How does this apply? So I love that. Do you have any Bible teachers that are your favorite or any studies that you like? You mentioned precept. Do you like precept? I do like precept. Um, a lot because they is expository study of the word. Uh, I hate to mention names. I I've, I just anyone who is true to the biblical teaching of the word of God. Um, I love Warren Wearsby. He's not you know he, I he's my favorite commentary to go to. Um, yeah, there's so many good ones out there. Yeah. Is there but, anything? But there's all, there's so many bad ones out there too. I will tell true. you that. That's true. So we have to make sure it's pure teaching of the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in scripture that's standing out to you right now? You talked about the covenant. Is that something that's really got your attention recently? It really does. And I know um, this verse might be really common to everyone, but Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I am at a season in my life. I, I don't know how long I have. I'm 62, so I know I have, but I, I'm not going tomorrow, but I live as if I'm going tomorrow. My kids are like, mom, what in the world? <laughs> They're like, mom, please stop. You're I guess, <laughs> I guess I am in a ministry for widows. So I am faced with death and and loss every single day. I've also lost both of my parents. Um, I cared for them um, and my dad was in my home for three years. So I lost both of them in a 10 months time. So um, realizing that um, our days are numbered and that's a beautiful thing. And God did create me for a specific purpose. So every morning, Lord, let me walk in what you've planned for me today. It's not, am I doing good works, which is what scripture says here, but am I doing God's work? Am I doing the work he has for me? I have a lot of good ideas, Nikki. I am a visionary, so I am full of good ideas. My prayer is, 
are my ideas, what you are, your spirit is pouring out in me. And that's really where I am right now. Um, Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking the time to share that. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. even just the bits and pieces that someone can take away from this as they're Mm -hmm. walking into their own time with God. So thank you for sharing that. And kind of the last question that I always ask the individuals that I have on my podcast, it isn't to be, you know, kitschy or catchy. It really is for myself. I Mm -hmm. started Mm -hmm. this podcast wanting to know more about the Lord, wanting to understand more about relationships and life. And so this is for others, but honestly, it's even for myself just to get to sit and spend time with someone like you and to learn from you. So I'd love to know what is a way that you're finding more in your life right now and in this current season? It may be something you've already mentioned or something new. It's a good question. And I really spent some time thinking about this. Um, I really believe it's not about finding more. It's about experiencing the more. And I'm not talking about some emotional experience, which is, again, a big thing right now. Um, It's not about that experience. It's not an emotional quest. It's um, living out the truth that Jesus is more um, and less is more. Um, Not becoming necessarily a minimalist, but... Scripture says he has to increase and I must decrease. When when I am living my life empty in myself, then I will experience more of Christ. Um, and empty is enough. And he, he says in James that he gives greater grace. He gives more grace when we walk in humility, which is for me, that's a daily cross. Like it's daily, like walking in humility, seeking more obedience. Like, let me really obey you, Lord. Um, Being more sober-minded in how I live life. We are in times that I recently heard the phrase are gloriously dark. I love that. We don't know if we're in the last days. We're in latter days. We're in more of the last days than we were yesterday. And so they are gloriously dark and we have to be sober minded. And then um, more for me is cadence. It's staying in step with God. And sometimes that's a that's running that race. It's a fast pace. Sometimes it's, it's where he says, no, more today is for you to not do anything. But listen to me. Um, empty yourself fast. Pray. Um, and more focus on God, not man, and not me. I think the enemy has us all um, so tempted to focus on ourselves. And I'm speaking to myself, not only just thinking more highly of myself than I ought to think, but thinking more about myself with the lies of the enemy and how he can bring us down with all the accusations and So, um, and then more joy as we endure the cross, as Jesus did, we do despise the shame that Satan wants to heap on us and knowing that we will sit down at the right hand of the father, but, um, we have one life to live, Nikki, and what is, um, God's will for us on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what is more to me is just 
living by that, living by the spirit of God and um, dying daily to what he has. Thank you for that. And I just appreciate you, Lori, taking the time to share your story. I appreciate that you trusted this space and this audience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, this moment with your life and with your family and just kind of with your heart and just sharing what you're thinking about and how you've navigated grief and loss. And my hope and my prayer for this conversation is that it gives to someone who is in a season where they feel like something has been taken, um, that it gives them hope hope that it gives them peace, that it gives them camaraderie, if even at a minimum that they don't feel alone and understand that there are others who have walked through something similar and that there's community in that place. And if not someone who's navigating a loss currently, I hope that for other people listening, it gives them handles for how to love people well and how to share that hope, um, whatever that might look like. So I just appreciate you. I mean, I've admired you from a little bit of a distance for a while now. So to get to sit with you is surreal. And I'm just grateful, really, really grateful for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for what you are doing. Um, you're a beautiful young woman and I know God is using you in, in a great way. So thank you as well. Wow. What a powerful conversation. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, if you want to find more from Lori, you can check out Perspective Ministries. You may even want to think about sending this episode to a friend or a family member, someone that you think it could be encouraging to. And I would also highly recommend her podcast, Help, I'm Raising Fatherless Kids. Like I said, that could be a resource for you. It could be a way for you to continue learning from this incredible woman, or maybe it's something that you want to share with someone in your world. So I would love to see that happen. And even after we finished the recording for the exact episode, Lori and I stayed on our call for another 20 minutes just talking about her perspective and she prayed for me and she just was so kind and so gracious. So I can say a hundred percent, she is the real deal and that we all I'm sure have benefited so much from this conversation and will continue for to benefit from anything that she puts out into the world. So thank you for listening. And I'm so excited that the next time that we jump into a more podcast together, you will be tuning in to season three.